0: Sanctified in truth and living as one, in unity. That's the prayer of Jesus, that we would be in unity. We'll talk about that next on Truth For Today. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, greetings in Christ and welcome to our program. Our time together today with Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard takes us back to John chapter 17. Now, we'll spend our time today looking at verses 20 through 23, where Jesus prays that we would be one, even as he and the Father are one. So let me ask you, do you live in unity? Well, it depends on what denomination you're in, right? Well, there's a lot of minefields to navigate, and that's what we'll start today. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
1: We've been looking at how Christ prays, and we get to set in, as it were, by the gospel of John and hearing pray in the upper room. And what would he be praying uh, just hours before his arrest and his crucifixion? Uh, What would be on his mind? Well, we know he prays specifically for three categories— Verses 1 through 5, he prays for himself. Father, glorify me. I've completed the work you gave me. I want to go home. Glorify me with the glory I have with you before the foundation of the world. Verses 6 through 19, he prays specifically for the 11 men that are in that room. And by application, it extends to us. And what did he pray? Two things for sure. He prayed for their uh, being kept, being protected by God from the evil one. They weren't protected from martyrdom. They weren't protected from failing. Uh, They weren't protected from a lot of persecution. But they were to be protected from the evil one that had destroyed Judas. Don't let him destroy any of these men. And they were not destroyed, though 10 of them were martyred. And one lived into his 90s. So Christ's prayer was answered on behalf of these men. Then he prayed in verse 17 through 19, Would you set them aside for the mission that I came to make myself known to the world? Sanctify them, sanctify them by the truth, set them aside for the mission of making me known. Now we move to a third category in which he says, I want to pray for those Who believe the apostolic message. I want to pray for those who will be believers in the future. And I have two requests primarily. And we'll only look at one. I pray that they will remain and become one. That they will be united and not split or divided. And two, he says, and we won't be touching on it. But he prays, I want them to be where I am. Bring them to see the glory I have when I go to the Father. I want to share that glory. I want them to see it. We're going to look this morning on uh, the unity he prays for, and we pick up verse 20. I do not ask for these only, the 11, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, apostolic message, that they may all be one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. That's a remarkable verse, that you will love them just like you love the Son. Can you imagine the Father loving you like he loves the Son? He said it. He said it. Uh, what is uh, going on here? What is he praying for? He is praying that in the future, as the apostles, because you remember when they came in the room, they were fighting over who was the greatest. They they fussed among themselves, had plenty of rivalry. But now he says, I'm getting ready to go, and I'm going to send these 11 to preach, and there will be people added to my cause, to followership, as it were. I'm asking you to do something that takes a miracle that is, make my people one and not scattered, divided, and split apart. It is hard to keep people together on any level. To keep a family together is not easy. Uh, to keep a club together, to keep a band going. Uh, it's hard to keep people together because there's something in each of us so cantankerous that it's not right unless we do it my way. Because we know everything. And we are divisive by nature. The flesh is always divisive. It's always more right. It's proud. It's just, How can you get proud people? People always right. Uh, I don't care if they're the same color, if they're of the same nation, they'll figure a way to hate each other to divide with each other. So here he's praying, I'm asking you, Father, would you make my people one? Make my people one. And that's the thing we need to first of all get. Uh, Who is he praying would be one? He's praying that his own people, the people you've given me out of the world, the people that the Father has given to the Son, I'm praying you'll do this divine work among my people. Make them one. Well, uh, that sounds good. What kind of oneness? We all belong to the same church. We're all Presbyterian, because Presbyterians never fight with each other. You've, you obviously don't follow the Presbyterian Church USA. You ought to look at some of the news. see what they? Baptists never fight. That's why there's so many Baptist churches. They have a fight. They start a new one. They call it church growth. (laughs) Usually a church split. Pentecostals don't fight. They're just all love. Until you don't know who the head bishop is. I don't care what the label is. We will find a way to disagree. But did God answer the prayer of his son? Well, I think we ought to examine this is a unity that no man can form. Only God can form it because look at the unity he's praying for. Look at verse 11. Holy Father, keep them. Well, let me start the whole verse. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me. That they may be one. Like what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You just moved it up. You know, I never found that the word one is so hard to define. One is hard to define. Give you an example. My wife and I are one. Please explain that. We are one. We are 180 degrees opposite. We even have different genders. But we are one. But you have to qualify that. You, you'd have to say, no, 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 you're not one. There's two of you. They, they, you can't be one. Well, there's a mystery, isn't there? Uh, Ephesians said, the oneness between a husband and wife are like the oneness bec- between Christ and his church. There's a mystery. Uh, what realm of oneness? What, did he say we're all alike? It's uniformity. No, oneness. There's union. You share something in common. And then he ups it here. I want you to make them one like the Father and the Son are one. How can this be? Look at 1420. The verse McGee said, is that he said, none of you can interpret right. He's saying it to me in a line of preachers. He said, son, interpret the verse. And he said, I know you can't. He said, In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Tell me what that means. Go. How do you explain the interpenetration of the Father in the Son, the Son in the Father? Uh, let's, the, the Jews were always asking during Christ's ministry, Who's doing this stuff? Jesus said, My Father. No, no, no. Your father didn't raise the dead man. It didn't heal the blood. You did. Well, see, whatever I do, the father does. Would you tell, cut it straight, we believe in your father. We just don't believe in you. He said, no, if you don't believe in me, you don't believe in the father. Well, well, when does one start and the other stop? Uh, They don't. So that means... You and the Father are the same thing. John 10 30, he said, We are the same thing. We're one thing. It's neuter in the Greek. We're not masculine. We're not the same person, but we're the same thing. What's the same thing? What's the neuter there? We share the same essence called God, we share the same attributes. We share the same nature, but it's shared equally by three divine persons so that we act in harmony. And the works you see me do, the Father does. And what the Father does, I can do. And the words I say are the words the Father. Wait, wait. And you're saying you make them one like we're one. United in life. United in mission. United in purpose. United in this God, like the Son is with the Father. This is, no man can create this. No man can create this. No ecumenical movement can create this. No uh, fraternity of churches can create it. This is something divine. You can never look for visible unity until you have an invisible unity that's been established. Now watch what he says. He qualifies it more down at seventeen. You're there, aren't you? I knew you would be. Twenty-one. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. He said, when they, the world sees the oneness. In the people of God, that they're bound together by a mutual life, mutual mission, mutual purpose. And when they love each other, like John 13 says, when they've got the same uh, love and the same uh, union with God, they will believe I have come from you. Because only Jesus Christ could form this kind of a people. United together together. To the triune Godhead. Believe it or not. You are related to the Trinity now. I'm in the circle. I'm loved by the Father like he loves his son. I am in the Son. The Father has put me in that circle. I'm not outside the circle. Like mentioning Terry. We're in the circle. We are right. We've been united to the triune God. And there's a unity there that's so far beyond men. Verse 22 that they may be one as we are one. Not like marriage, like the Father and the Son are. Let them be perfectly become one. Well, this is unity on a level that is so high, it is hard. I've wrestled with it always. How? What is there in all of the human race that's similar? The only thing I can think of is marriage, and, and it, it's not perfect. This one between the Father and the Son is perfect. Put them in union. Put them in unity. Put it among them like it exists in the divine pattern. Ah, wow. How is this unity formed? I would say two ways, two ways. One would be the new birth, being born again, regeneration. The other is the baptizing work of the Spirit. What is this? Regeneration. I'm going to hell. I reject Christ. I don't know Christ. Uh, I've never heard of Christ. Somebody shares the gospel with me, and all of a sudden, The Spirit works in my heart, and I trust Christ as my Savior. I just received Jesus Christ, okay? I just did it. What happened to me? What took place at that moment? Well, at that moment, without even even knowing it, Jesus Christ came in me, and him coming into me, I could say, I now possess eternal life. He that has the Son has eternal life. 1 John 5, 13. Do I have eternal life? You better believe it. Can you see it? Maybe not. You just see a nice dressed man. Good looking. Well, whatever. Take it by faith. Uh, You don't know, but he's in there. I've received Christ. See, I didn't give him my heart. I received him. I wish I would have got rid of that heart. He gave me a new heart. But I have trouble with the old one. I received Christ in me. So he's in me. And the baptizing work of the Spirit says, And you have been immersed into Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one Spirit... Where you baptized or immersed into the body of Christ. Whether Jew or Gentile, one's an eye, one's an ear. You, you've got different roles. You've got different distinctions, functions. But you're in one body with one head. So wait, Christ is in me. Is that true? But I am in Christ. I'm said to be a member of his body. Is that true? And 115 times, he said, the believer is in Christ, and in Christ, you're complete. In Christ, according to the Galatians, he doesn't consider your gender. He doesn't consider your ethnicity, whether you're Jew or Gentile. In Christ, he doesn't consider whether you're bond or free. All the uh, worldly category, way we categorize, well, she's male. Uh, she's male. That's really quite an oxymoron. Yeah, I, I'm hearing all this new stuff. Now, uh, there's male, there's female, Jew, Gentile, uh, slave, free, rich, poor. Oh, we've got to categorize people. They make a lot of money. So what? They make little money. It, it's our pride. You don't want to run around with poor folks. You might have to help them. I always run with folks who's got more money than you. Then you won't have to be compassionate. Yeah, it's a lot easier. That's right. You don't ever travel with someone that's broker than you because they may want you to pick up the tab. So always f- find that one uncle you can't stand that's got money. Travel with him. Just practical advice. That's why I travel with my brother. Uh, see, okay. So uh, do you, what categories are we talking? So wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. The Father's in me, according to Ephesians 4. God who is in, in you all. God, the, Did you know God the Father is said to be in you? Listen to this verse. For he cannot continue to practice sin, for his seed, sperma, Greek, his seed remains in you. That sounds to me like the Father's in me. My father's seed is in me. I look like him. I act a little bit like him. But any way I want, my DNA came from a man that passed on his seed and joined up with my mother. And I got their nature. God is in me. And the new nature is proof of it. A divine nature is in me. And according to 2 Peter, you have become partners in the divine nature through Jesus Christ. Second Peter 1 4. Now, am I in the Spirit? Oh, what do you you've never read Romans, have you? You're either in the flesh or in the spirit. Romans 8, 5 through 8. In the flesh, in the spirit. What I'm in the spirit. And the spirit's in me. Wait, wait. I walk into a restaurant in order, they don't know how much deity I'm carrying around. They don't realize that a temple just walked in. They don't walk. Hey, my body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. Spirit of God lives. Hey, God just came in the room. Not me, the person, but I'm housing God. You don't believe it. That's okay. I'll take the word of God over your face. No, no. God says he lives in me. I live in him. Wow. Whoever created that union? God. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but what if I go to Ethiopia and I meet somebody over there? You know, they're different color than those white folks. We couldn't be in the same family. Oh, 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 wait, wait. What do they think of Jesus Christ? Oh, he's my savior. Ooh, but I'm a racist. Well you better get over your racism because you might be meeting kin folks. Wait, wait, wait. how can you be my kin folks? You don't even look like me. Well, that's a blessing. You mean, we can be kin folks? How can we be kin folks? What do you have in common? Have you been placed into Christ? Has Christ been placed in you? Have you been placed in the body? Has the spirit been placed? We, there's a union he forms of every kindred, tribe, and tongue. And he even lets us get mixed up with all your stupid labels. Some of you got the right label, but you're still an empty can. You got Heinz 57 on the label, and honey, there's still nothing in the can. You're a Baptist that's not saved. You're a Presbyterian that don't know God. Don't get to talking to me about labels. Labels don't save and nobody's coming to the gate. And he said, well, how do you get in this place? Well, I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a Baptist. I'm a mixed up Pentecostal. I'm a mixed up something. You're not getting there on labels. You're getting there on Jesus. You're getting there on Jesus. Have you been born again? Has the spirit of God come in you? Oh, but I know groups that would die for their label more than they would for Jesus. Because the label is so important. See, I've had such a variety of labels, I think, of my schooling. Two years with Free Will Baptist. Two years at a regular Baptist school. I don't know what an irregular Baptist is, but I was with regular. Um, uh, Then I went to a Mennonite school for a year. And then I went to an independent seminary in San Francisco. I finished in Denver, Colorado. Then I went to Dallas Seminary, which was many denominations. So I've been with all kinds of folks. And you know what? The thing that made them kin, folks, was Jesus. Jesus coming together. God is forming one people of every kindred and tribe and tongue, every gender and every ethnicity, and he has answered the son's prayer. This started on the day of Pentecost after Christ was resurrected and he sent the spirit to begin to form a people. Now, that means whatever you do against one of the people, you're doing against a member of Christ. You don't want to mess with fellow believers, especially if you are one.
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today, spent in God's Word to encourage you, to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station. We would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply. And no gift is too small. No gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ, and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that, we would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, and while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body. And we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard.